We talking rom-com, we talking action, we talking drama and movie classics. Whatever you want, yo, we have it. Cause we talking movies on a podcast. So I married a film critic. So I married a film critic. So I married a film critic. Hey honey, I just wanna so talk I about the movie like casually. Critic. You don't have to so bring up very cinematography. Honestly, let's just talk about like how the characters were fun. Married a film critic. So I married a film critic. So I Welcome to So I Married a Film Critic. I'm your co-host Julia. And I'm Barry Worst, the film critic. Hello, everyone. So tonight, we decided to go a little old school, back to 1992, and since St. Patrick's Day is coming up, don't worry, this will not air for you by St. Patrick's Day, but we decided to watch Far and Away. We are recording this in March of 2022, so if uh, if this is an older episode and you're like, ooh, I should wait to listen to this on St. Patrick's Day, well, you can do that, but I promise... Uh, the uh, jokes will be universal all year round. Uh, what are you even saying right now? <laughs> First of all, jokes? I don't know how many good jokes we have. <laughs> well, there is this movie. Um, I don't know. Like, it, I, I'm, I'm glad we're talking about it. I mean, and I agree with you. This movie is it's 90s comfort food, I think. Um, mm. I'm not... I like this movie a lot. I really do. Although every time I see it, I like it a little less. I think seeing it during in the summer of '92 when it was this big attraction, it was the epic feature. Yeah, on the big screen, it was a really special film. Um, we'll get into it, of course. But this film was shot in 70 millimeter. Uh, the frame is just filled with detail and miles and miles of footage. It's it was and the big screen it was absolutely incredible. Watching it with you the other night. I got really antsy a lot. Definitely a different <laughs> experience. And I love watching movies with you. And that we know this movie well. And I knew like, oh, we're going to have fun watching it. And we did. But man, is this movie long. Okay. And it's what? Two and a half hours? Uh, it feels that way. No, it's it's um, it's um two hours and 20 minutes. So, oh, but with trailers, yeah. So basically it's two. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah. all right. So we, we're we not going to go scene by scene because, oh scene man. By let's scene. Let's face it. There's way too many. Um, begins in Western Ireland in 1892. Mm-hmm. And we... Um, the titles are green, folks. It's really Irish. <laughs> yes. Really, really lime, Irish. Lime green. Oh, my gosh. I was like, wow, they really took this. <laughs> Very extreme. Yeah, I mean, like, this is... I think Ron Howard is trying to declare that, you know, even though this is an American filmmaker, this is the most Irish movie that ever Irished. It's such an Irish movie. Opening credits like Cole Meany, Brendan Gleeson, and Jared Harris are in this movie. That is like the trifecta. Yes. This is a really Irish movie. So this is a time in history when landlords owned, you know, most of the land in Ireland, and they just charged outrageous rents for. So it's going like today. Yeah, <laughs> not a whole lot has changed, um, but outrageous rents, and then, you know, these, um, you know commoner people like us <laughs> would uh grow their crops potatoes and things like that these are your, um, these are your people yeah, by the way prepare- i'm a quarter irish julia is really irish listeners yeah, over so half, irish oh my half. gosh <laughs> i mean your mom who's one of the most delightful people on planet earth so irish <laughs> they don't hold that against us okay. no 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 um just setting the table like i think you look at this movie and it's like your family tree. I look at this movie and I think, <laughs> this is only a quarter of me. <laughs> That's so strange. Okay. Um, so everyone is really working working harder than they probably should yeah. to support these wealthy landowners. And they're ticked. They are ticked. So, you know, as the landlords dr- ride through town, I mean, they're getting, you know, potatoes thrown at them. <laughs> And other other things and it's a waste of a potato by the way yeah and so um our leading man tom cruise tom cruise who plays joseph donnelly joseph joseph donnelly <laughs> his dad gets injured in town and so they they take him back there the dad has to go back home to his son so now we're we get back to the sons and it's joseph's the youngest of three boys 
And this is where we first see that he's a fighter. Like, he knows how to fight. Boy, do we ever see that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this movie, I mean, after we get, you know, this beautiful shot of the ocean and the green titles, we go right into a bar, we're taken to a, we, we're listening to a drunken Irish limerick in a pub, and the next thing that we see after the big fight between the landlord and the commoners is the Donnelly sons, the three of them, one of which is played by Cruz. And by the way, this is, no one ever talks about this enough. He's got flaming red hair in this movie. He does? He does. I think it's bunched together enough and it's dark <laughs> enough. But no, I mean, Cruz is a redhead in this movie. Bunched together. I think he's like, okay, okay, I'll do red hair, but it's got to be, my hair's got to be awesome. It can't be like frilly, like, no, he's playing a redhead in this movie. Wow. I, I mean, I could not tell. I don't think it's really? that obvious. No. Oh, it, yeah. It no, he's brown. got he's got red hair. I mean, his 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 wife are both like both like full ginger for this. Hmm. Full ginger. They are, man. They didn't hold back any ginger. They're like, <laughs> we are full on ginger for this. So dedicated they are as actors. Oh my god. Well, talk. Do you want to talk about the accents, or do you want to? Oh no, you go ahead. Well, Cruz's accent. I mean, it's it's intense it's like all of his performances it's an intense i mean like whatever he puts into you know stunt training for ethan hawk he put into like for the accent in this movie it's a very i mean i like the accent um after it, it, it's it, and it's consistent yeah i didn't feel like he was going in and out at all no if anything it's, he's so on it, it yeah. it's almost a little too pronounced and we'll, we'll oh you so, think Oh, yeah, there's definitely some examples I'll give. But uh, Nicole Kidman's, we haven't even talked about her character yet, but I feel like it's on and off. Oh, I don't no. think it's I don't think it's a very good accent, I tell you the truth. There are times where she's doing Irish and then she's doing English. Yeah. Yeah, all right. Well, so the dad, he, he comes back and, you know, they lay him down in the house and he tells his sons, I'm going to die, you know. And so he dies and then... He comes back to life. And this is, you guys, this is key for this movie that the dad does this. And he comes back and he tells his son, owning land is the most important thing in this life. Like, you're not a man. You're nobody unless you have land. Well, the quote is, without land, a man is nothing. (laughs) Nothing. And when he dies, I mean, I mean, Ron Howard, the director of this film, this was his first big epic size movie. I mean, Backdraft, yes, but this was even in scale. This thing was just a monster. And Howard is not like there's nothing subtle about this film. When when Joseph's father dies, it's a point of view shot of the father. The camera's panning up, and then it goes through the house, and then we're in the cosmos. I mean, it's it's pretty. That's an elaborate. I mean, this is this is the '90s. There were no computers to do these kind of shots, <laughs> so I mean, this is a very elaborate, very difficult tracking shot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot yeah. of those in this movie. Yeah. Okay, so Joseph has this message from his father, who's now died twice, and it's very dramatic. Without land, a man is nothing, nothing. <laughs> so that's what drives Joseph for the whole movie. <laughs> these parents and what they say just. Remember it's that. It's a lesson, right? Yeah, yeah. Don't say anything to your kids. <laughs> don't say anything to your kids. On your kids. deathbed. That's oh, okay. going to like be terrible. I mean, you know what I mean? It's not that, I mean, telling somebody without land, a man is nothing. Like, you you know why. There's context to what he's saying. Yeah. Because Joseph understands. Because right after that, their house gets burned down by like the landlord's whatever. And clearly this is good advice. Person. Yeah, because this is good advice because... From from evidence of the movie, it looks like Joseph is the only one of his brothers to do anything with his life. His brothers yeah. are just like they're probably still there, just like sifting through the ashes. Well, they're kind of like, oh, you're gonna like work hard, and what? Why are you doing that? Just for the landlord? It's not even your land, Moo. Yeah. Except they say that in an Irish accent. Very good Irish accents. <laughs> Very studied Irish accents. Yeah, and they're they're Irish actors too. There's a lot actors in this movie i think there's a f- actor named milo o'shea which is one of the most irish names of all time he's not in this movie he's like the only irish dude who's not in this and i think colin farrell was probably in grade school when this movie was out <laughs> otherwise everybody who's irish is in this movie uh, so because the house was burned down that also sent sets joseph on a on a track to kill the landlord yep and he 
he takes he rides out of town on a donkey on a very sad little donkey yeah <laughs> it's funny because like the sunsets are beautiful but it's it's you know uh it's silhouetted of him on this teeny tiny little horse it's maybe the most undignified tom cruise has ever looked in yeah, his life yeah it's sad but then we meet the landlord played by robert prosky he was a great character actor most people know him as the boss from mrs doubtfire Oh, the one who runs the studio. I think that's yeah. what I think that's what most people know him for. Yeah, wonderful character actor. Yeah. Yeah. He does the blustery thing very well. So he plays the landlord who's like, Oh, my life is so sad and boring and nothing new ever happens because I have too much money. Man. I love how your characters all sound like Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> oh, you guys. Oh, I hate being Irish. It's so boring. I know, man. Oh, God, I hate potatoes. Uh, well, probably because I don't know how to really do a good Irish accent. Which is so weird because you're so Irish. <laughs> I think it ends up coming. I'm 25%. Do you know what it is in your family tree? I no, mean, I like... just know it's more than half. But I mean, your family tree is like green. Yeah, that's true. But um, It's a shamrock. It's a... <laughs> your family tree is a shamrock. There you go. There you go. Hey, that was good. <laughs> I feel like I was watching Far and Away again. <laughs> so, so we're talking about Robert Prosky, who's the yeah. the land baron, and uh, Joseph, played by Cruz, follows him home with the with the plan of assassinating him. He's got this got this gun. He's in the bushes and he's watching him. And this is where this is it's, it's look, folks. This is a, this. There's a lot of movie here, and the movie doesn't need half of the movie that it has. Yeah, um, it's, it it's, takes its time. It's a lot of of supporting characters and a lot of dead ends. I mean, really, it's about two characters finding each other, and the movie but has. But how they find each other in the beginning? This is good. I mean, it's, it's well, it, it's slapstick I because mean, he finds her because I mean, it's he sleeps in the barn sleeps in the barn and he sees a horseshoe and weirdly enough a horseshoe is this recurring motif through the movie where whenever he encounters shannon a horseshoe will be present why i don't know no and i told you my a horseshoe yeah and my guess is because you know in a box of frosted lucky charms there a horseshoe is one of the things one of the shapes so i think that's why yeah Mm. because it's nicole kidman she's magically delicious oh my gosh If if you haven't turned this podcast off by now. <laughs> well, if you're Nicole Kidman, you've definitely turned off this podcast by now. Okay, so she um she she sticks him in the leg with, with a pitchfork. With a pitchfork, yeah. Because yeah. Yeah, so, he's trespassing. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. So um then he he limps out of there and <laughs> tries to shoot the landlord again but the gun like blows back, up in his face yeah, yeah. backfires great. and he he doesn't but they so they take him upstairs to nurse him back to health and clean him up because as the the mom says you know i want him to be in good health when um when we hang him and so we can hear his own neck snap charming <laughs> like, lady wow yeah okay but this is the part that i remembered as a kid oh because, i'm sure you did because i was watching oprah Okay, so... You're watching Oprah. Yeah, jo- uh, Joseph is laying on the bed and... Cruz. Cru- yeah. And the mom, Shannon's mom, is trying to clean him up and she's like, turn away, Shannon. You should protect your innocence because he's naked. <laughs> and so she covers his crotch area with this large bowl. That's the only thing that Cruz is wearing. Yeah, it's the only yeah. thing he's wearing. And so she has to go do something outside of the room, and Shannon's left there alone with him. And so she takes a peek under the bowl, like, a couple times and has this, like, smirk on her face. Okay, so when I was, I don't know, 12 watching Oprah, <laughs> they were on... Where was your mother? I don't know. Why are you watching Oprah? I, I don't know. But um, it was, like, on after school, you know? You don't have to explain. Okay. I understand. So... so <laughs> Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman are being interviewed, and she said that for one of the takes, he told the like set people like, "Oh yeah, don't put like a towel under there. Like I'll just be naked, but don't tell her." And so that's the take they used oh, is nice. her like lifting up the bowl and being like, "Oh, some good acting." Because at this point, they've been married for two years, so she's seen the cruiser. <laughs> She's seen the cruise missile by this point, but yeah, yes, good acting. 
Yeah. So every time I see that scene, I just like think it's funny because the look on her face is just. Yeah, she's trying to keep character. She's trying to not like crack up, basically. Yeah. yeah. And act like, wow, I've never seen that before. (laughs) Then it's just like, oh, this again. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All right. So I don't know. Then we see Shannon has to perform for the mom and her friends. And it's just a lot of like exposition on how she's being, you know, forced to be somebody that she's not. Yeah, it's a lot of narrative busy work because Shannon uh, is very modern. She wants to go to America. I'm modern, she mother. Has a, she has a lot of dreams about America and she wants out of there and she does not. I mean, it's it's one of these things where her whole life is being basically plotted for her and she wants out of it. So she wants to leave Ireland and she's plotting to go to America. And meanwhile, uh, Cruz as Joseph is trying to get out of this house and it, it keeps... It's a lot of slapstick of him trying and failing to to escape. Yeah, and then we meet Shannon's wannabe suitor. Thomas Gibson uh, playing Stephen. Mm-hmm. Stephen Chase, I think, yeah. And, there's a, you know, we mentioned this recently. Thomas Gibson is in Eyes Wide Shut. And, of course, people know him from Dharma and Greg. A very good actor. Um, I think, I kind of wonder if they made him wear the mustache so that he looks as much not like Tom Cruise. Yeah. Because the dude looks like Tom Cruise. <laughs> <laughs> they could be brothers. <laughs> That's funny. In fact, yeah. I think I think uh, William Apother is the name of the, the actor who's Tom Cruise's actual brother who's in a few movies. And Thomas Gibson looks more like Cruise's brother than Cruise's yeah. actual brother. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like... He's he's the dad's right-hand man. He's the one who takes his, you know, cronies out to, like, collect all the rents and burn down the houses. He burned Joseph's house down. Yeah, he's yeah. the one who burned it down. And so, you know, you kind of realize that the landlord is so hands-off that, and this guy is just doing all his dirty work. So that kind of comes out. And um, long story short... Cruz like spits in this guy's face and he challenges him to a duel. And what a loogie, man. Yeah. I, mean, I do wonder if they had like just this big thing of gob goo that they just threw on the actor's face because it's it's not like one take. You see Cruz spit and they cut to Thomas Gibson. It looks like he's been slimed from <laughs> Ghostbusters. It's pretty great. I always wonder when they spit on people in movies if it's actually spit. Because it always looks so real and so nasty. Well, you gotta, it, it's gotta register for the camera. So you gotta have like, you know, other water or whatever. I think my favorite is in, uh, it's in a Clint Eastwood movie called The Rookie, where Clint Eastwood <clears throat> is, he's tied to a chair, and the bad guy, the villain, Sonia Braga, she's going to torture him, and she puts water in his mouth, and he spits in her face, and she licks it. It's really gross. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Thank you for that story. Sure, okay. sure. All right. So Shannon sneaks into his room and tells him about the land. So there's land coming up in California. And yeah. this, or uh, Oklahoma, sorry. <laughs> um, and this is a real thing that happened where the United States opened up 12,000 plots of land in Oklahoma. And... If you wanted to go and, and be in this race, you all you had to do was like race for it with a flag and then you would have, I don't know, an acre, two acres, just untouched land. Now you had to like build your house and do everything. It's not like there was like a town nearby. But um, so she's telling Cruz about this and... She says there's 160 acres. Yeah. And the movie is really setting up where we're going. And it's really exciting because you don't think, okay, this amazing sequence she's talking about, we're not going to see it for an hour and 50 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's a long time till we get there, folks. It's a long time. Land, it says. Land. Strong, healthy men and women. Every resident of the United States is entitled to 160 acres of land. They've got so much of it, they give it away for free. No land is given away in any part of the world. In America it is. And I'm going there. I'm going to have a place of my own. 
and I will have horses on it, and I will raise them, and I will ride them any way I please. What do you need more land for? You're half of Ireland as it is. The your people did. I didn't take it. You just live here, all fancied up on rent, broken backs. Boy, you said you wanted land. If that's what you want, then come with me. Great ships sail out of Dublin and Liverpool. But a woman dare not travel alone, no. You're brave. You shoot men, you step on their necks. When I saw that, I realized you could be very useful to me. Useful, could I? Yes, you could be my serving boy. Oh, I see. I see, I could... I could polish your boots for you. They will need to polish now and then. I think what I'd... When tea time calls for it, yes. I'll throw the tea in your face and I'll piss on your boots before I serve the likes of you. Get up! Ah! I'll pay you threepence a day. Get out! I have an appointment in the morning and I'm going to honor it. Mm. Huh. You'll never win this duel with Stephen. We've all seen you handle a gun. Boy, I am giving you your freedom. I'm not going to a distant world. I'm of Ireland and I'll stay in Ireland till I die. That's in about five hours. So... Okay, he doesn't do the duel. She rescues him. They get on a boat. And now they're headed to America. And once they get there, um, they land in Boston. And all her spoons get stolen. Because like a dummy, she trusts a stranger with knowledge of these spoons that she has. Like, what the heck? Who does that? Yeah. I, I Every time that happens... Then her spoons get stolen. I'm always so mad at her. I'm like, you're the biggest idiot. Yeah, it's. I, I do like the dynamic they're playing. Because for one thing, I, I mean, Cruz and Kim and I think are really great in this movie. They're superb, in fact, and they have great chemistry. But the thing that's so enjoyable is that their characters hate each other's guts at this point. So yeah. it is this game of one-upmanship. It's a real bratty brother-sister dynamic between the two of them. Well, because even though she talks about being modern and you know wanting to go to america she's still an aristocratic spoiled brat yeah yeah <laughs> you know and joseph is just like oh my gosh like yeah i'm not gonna you know pour your tea for you and hold your parasol like this is ridiculous yeah. even though he does end up doing those things yeah and it's it's fun it's funny um you know there you know i i, I do love the the animosity that he's playing off of cruz is good at a slow burn i really like that and uh they're both really funny in this movie. Yeah. I think that helps a lot because it's not a pretentious movie, but it's it's just, it's kind of, yeah, it's like a lead-footed movie. I put it that way. Like, there's just, it's an epic movie, but it's carrying a lot in its shoulders, and it doesn't need to because it wants to be fun. Mm -hmm. it, you know, it, it is, you know, Ron Howard famously, he co-wrote the film, but the story comes from him. It's the story of his great-grandparents, and he wanted to do this movie as a tribute to what they went through. They they were in the Oklahoma land rush. I don't know how much this film really is taken from his, his, his family heritage and his ancestry, but... You know, at this point, Howard wasn't making dark films. He would eventually get to that point. But this is one, I mean, he was, what was the last thing he did? Backdraft. You know, he just, he just done Backdraft. And before that was Willow and Gung Ho and Splash. Um, you know, so the, the movie wants to be fun and it wants to be funny. And if anything, I think that's where the film feels really natural. And I think that's where Howard, I mean, Howard, you know, coming from sitcoms, I mean, I think he's really comfortable with comedy. But yeah, this movie has way more than it, than it, it there's too much to, to chew on this. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, they, they're going to part ways, but then her spoons get stolen because ugh, she trusted a complete stranger. And so she's like, Joseph! And so he has to come rescue her. And then you realize, okay, they're going to be stuck together. And um, they end up at, <laughs> like, basically living in a... In a brothel, it, be yeah. it becomes a bare knuckle boxing movie for about half an hour. Mm -hmm. uh, this is uh, this is an, the Boston portion of the movie where we meet Cole Meany's character. Cole Meany is a wonderful character actor, probably best known for Star Trek, and he oversees this boxing ring, bare knuckle boxing, and he immediately recognizes that Joseph is a scrapper. Joseph is unbeatable. He has so much fight in him, and 
and one of the things that the movie sort of hints at because it's a pretty it's a pretty chaste film but it's indicated that you know joseph has so much sexual he's so sexually repressed being around this woman he's so attracted to that he takes it out on the ring so yeah he becomes this prize fighter very quickly and he's punching guys out and uh, yeah they're they're living in a brothel mm-hmm. um, as brother and sister as brother and sister secretly <laughs> as brother and sister right yeah and the yeah the madams are all interested in joseph and he's constantly just going and beating people up and his uh, his sister and uh shannon is working at a factory plucking chickens yeah plucking chickens oh man where she's it's overseen by clint howard in a great great uh, character term yeah so you find out that so he, he's trying to save money to get to Oklahoma. Um, and he he has like $4 in it. Like he wins like $4 or something. And she goes, oh my gosh, that's more than plucking chickens for a month. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh. Like the amount of money that could be made back then was so little. It's yeah. insane. Yeah. I mean, I guess it went a lot further, but he becomes really, I don't know, kind of stuck up because he's finally like doing something he's good at. He's making more money than her and he's becoming materialistic. Yeah. He's just spending all his money on hats and clothes. And she's like, you're not going to have any money for Oklahoma. What are you doing? So he's kind of losing his way a little bit. And I think she's jealous of him. Yeah, you know, yeah, and this is this is the part of the movie where Cruz, I, 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 whenever I think of his performance in the movie, I think of this scene because again, like I love his performance in this. I do. I love them both in this movie. But I mean, that accent, man. There's a scene in this movie where I swear, like this is where he and the dialect coach, like really must have been like up all night because it's, it's, uh, it's like he, he's teaching her how to wash her clothes. It's oh. like, you take the soap and you plunge and you scrub and then you punch and you scrub. Like it's it's so, <laughs> so like, wow, man, Cruz is like really hammering that accent. And early on, I think my other favorite Cruz line in this <laughs> is when he's on the boat with her and he's like, I'm eating your chocolate cake. <laughs> yeah, no, the accent is really good. It's, I mean, it, it, I don't know, like. This was a this was a decade where there were a lot of movies about the Irish, and most of them were about the Irish Republican Army. Most mm. of them. So I mean, it's it's really rare that you have a movie that actually celebrates the Irish and it's fun. And but you had actors like Brad Pitt and Richard Gere playing IRA terrorists and so on and so forth. So I, I do like that this film really wants this. I mean, it's, a lot of it's in a really stereotypical mainstream way, but it wants to celebrate all things Irish. Mm-hmm. Well, and it does talk about how. The Irish immigrants were really discriminated against. Yeah. And, you know, the guy who's running the fight club, he reminds them, like, you're nothing without me. So I actually, one of the reasons my family, we didn't know we were Irish is because we had, we have an ancestor who came to America and changed his name to sound French because he couldn't get a job. He, no one would hire him. So he changed his name, Rohan, to DeRowan. And so forever, my family was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we're we're mostly French. And then, I don't know, come like 23andMe and Ancestry.com and all that stuff. And then they found out this story. And they're like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, we're Irish. <laughs> but I was like, oh, okay. To know that that was actually a part of history and that actually happened to somebody in my family I thought that was kind of kind of cool to to see that, you know. That's fascinating. I mean, it, do you want to change your last name back to that now, as no. a way of of honoring your heritage? That was never my last name, so no. It's <laughs> a cool name, though. Rohan. Yeah, Julia. Julia Rowan. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Because you're very very sweetly carrying my last name right now, which let's face it is a very nice gesture on your part. <laughs> But no one would ever think, like, is that really your name? No, they would never assume that. They look at me and they go, oh, yeah, that's your name. But you, no. You look like a Julia Rowan. Oh, yeah. Julia Rowan. No, that's not. No, it's okay. It's fine. (laughs) No, I just thought it was a cool story. It's an amazing story. No, that's that's super cool. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I didn't know I was 25% Irish until a few years ago. You know that. My Mm. mom... 
because I think it was St. Patrick's Day was coming up. And I've always told these Irish jokes. It comes from college where I just had to read so much Irish literature and Irish poetry, and I saw a lot of Irish films. I'm just going, oh, the Irish. So I'd always like make jokes about the Irish. Not in like a hateful way, but you know, just, yeah, just, just silly. It's just silly jokes about the Irish. And I, I love I love the sing-songing quality of Irish accents. My mom's like, Barry, you know you're a quarter Irish. I'm like, what? <laughs> you never told me that? <laughs> so she shows in the family tree. I'm like, whoa, like 25% of that family tree is green. <laughs> yeah, no idea until like not that long ago, actually. That's funny. So, yeah. yeah. So far and away, yeah. Yeah. So you, It's my people, 25%. Oh, my gosh. All right. So um, there is kind of a big fight that really takes takes down Joseph um, because for some reason they want him to fight this Italian. They're like, the Italian is coming. And I mean, this guy is massive. Yeah, I think they they, they kind of think like this is, you know, this is the fight that's going to define them and it's going to, you know, really put the Irish on the map. I mean, it's, it's more of the social implications than anything. But it is ridiculous because, and I got to say, like, I love it. Like, they, they hired an actor who maybe three feet taller than Tom Cruise. I mean, he Towers huge. over Cruise. And Cruise is ripped and gorgeous in this movie, like always. But yeah, this dude looks like but he could step on Tom yeah, Cruise. Yeah, I mean, he's ripped, but he's small, compact. Yeah. This guy is, no, yeah. yeah. And the emotional stakes are interesting because the scene right before this, this is my favorite dramatic scene between Cruise and Nicole Kidman. They get into this awesome fight. And Cruz drops her in a in a the tub. Bathtub, yeah. And he goes, Don't you like my hat? Why can't you say it? Why can't you say that you like my hat? Just say it, Sheldon. Say you like my hat. Why won't you say it? It's great. <laughs> Hello, Grace. Hello, Joseph. Will I be seeing you in church tomorrow morning? Sounds divine and holy, Grace. We can share a pew, me and you. Toodaloo. Same to you. She's got an awfully large chest to be going to church. Shut it. Our chests are equal in the eyes of the Lord. <laughs> she goes into the confession box. She'll never come out, the little tramp. Grace isn't a tramp. She's a dancer in the burly queue. <laughs> that isn't dancing. That's kicking her knickers up. And I suspect if you asked her to, she'd kick her knickers off. Oh, maybe she would. Has she? Let me see. Has she? I'm trying to remember. Oh, well, think hard. If there's any brain left in your head. Look at you. They're making a fool of you, the ward boss and his friends. They respect me. Oh, they do not. They don't respect you. Enough. Your money in their pockets and nothing more, Joseph. I said that. That's enough, Shannon. They pickle you like a piece of pork. They're just using you. I said that's enough. Oscar for that moment, didn't you? Yeah, and there's, um, you know, scenes where they're jealous of each other. Yeah. They're like secretly watching each other get undressed right. and dressed because yeah. they're sharing a room. And so you can tell that the sexual tension Sexual is tension there. Yeah, and he's peeping on her. And then he's like, I got to go punch someone in the face. So then he goes and gets in a fight. <laughs> but she gets really, um, this is the, her first night at... The Burley Q. <laughs> she gets a job there, uh, being a, a dancer. Being a, yeah, what, what we call it, like can can dancing. Yeah, I guess? like it's they, you know, like burlesque. Yeah, yeah burlesque. There you go. You know, they're yeah. not like strippers. They're just like she's showing her knickers. She's showing her knickers. She's uh, not covering up her ankles. You know, <laughs> exactly. Like, not covering up her neck. It's indecent. <laughs> so he. Joseph loses. I mean, the people that are betting on him are lose hundreds of dollars, and which to, is yeah. And to give, and by the way, Howard, man, like these boxing scenes are great because this yeah. movie is PG thirteen, 
this is why it's PG-13. I mean, the boxing scenes are so bloody. <clears throat> Excuse me. They are so violent. And they're well done. There's a few tracking shots where the camera is just on Cruz and the guys. You really get a sense of every time the, the fist touch, hits the face, it's like a thunderclap. Really good scenes. Really well staged. They're exciting. And they're so brutal. But yeah, this sequence where Joseph gets pummeled uh, almost to death, it's it's tough. So unpopular opinion. I'm blaming Shannon for his loss. Ooh. Yeah. Because he didn't know where she was. He knew he had this big fight. And then that little kid who's always like running around. I don't know what his name is. Dermody. And he's going through puberty in yeah. real time. <laughs> yeah. I know what everyone. Yeah. He's obnoxious. Oh my gosh. He just like blew out everyone's speakers doing that. Um, That's what puberty does. So <laughs> he's like, Joseph. You gotta get down there, you know, and and he's like, "Where's Shannon? Where's Shannon?" He's like, "She's at the club," you know. So he's distracted by the fact that Shannon is a burly cue dancer now, and he thinks he punches out the Italian, and he goes to like cover her up, like, "Oh my gosh!" And they 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 crowd surf him back to the Italian, and he's just not his head's not in the game. They do crowd surf. It's, it's like a Nirvana video. They it's do. great. So, you know, she's also being kind of taken advantage of by one of the owners. and, um, But, like, if she hadn't have been there, he he would have won that fight. You know, mostly they're like children. Because, yeah. I mean, they ha- I mean, what education do they have? It's, it's limited. And their life experience is limited. And they're having to act like grown-ups, even though they're both... Yeah, there's kind of an arrested development to both of them. And it speaks to the times, but it also speaks to the fact that she's spoiled and privileged and protected. And he's wild and unruly, but naive. So they're both like kids in Boston in this sick, skeezy world that they're unable to. And, you know, and this is the moment where they kind of realize what's up and they're literally thrown into the street. And it's it's gritty. It's brutal. It's as ugly as this movie gets. I like the scene a lot because it is it is powerful and it's upsetting. And man, like, you know, I miss the days where Cruz played a character like this who gets his ass handed to him. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, I love Cruz, but like he tends to play characters who are the smartest person in the room, the strongest person in well, the movie. Well, now he's in Mission he's Impossible. Indi- indestructible. And he, yeah, yeah, indestructible. And like, and that's fine. Those are movie star roles and he's great at those and people love him and those. Fine. But like this guy is an actor who can act. He's always, I mean, it's crazy to say this, but he's always been underrated as an actor. He always has been. Everyone always talks about how good looking he is and all this, all this stupid stunts he can do. But he's a really amazing actor. And I like seeing him play characters who are self-destructive or self-defeating or, you know, in this case, a guy whose, you know, arrogance gets, you know, just completely um, under, you know, undermines him. So this portion of the movie is really good and makes me think like this is this is what if this movie was tighter and tougher in my mind's eye, I'd love to see a whole movie like this, just a film about the immigrant experience that's really, really tough Mm. because this movie, you know, and I like this movie, I do. But even the the boxing scenes, the whole movie feels like a Disney movie to me. Mm. Okay, but before we get too far, um, what do you think about the fact that Shannon is writing her dad letters back in Ireland, and he's keeping them from the mom? So the mom is like, "I wish I knew how Shannon was doing. I have no idea." You know, she's like, and then the the dad just like pulls out like six letters out of the piano and is like read for yourself like what <laughs> more more with these hidden letter schemes i know yeah yeah it's like you you th- yeah the notebook was not the first movie to come up with this and for that matter neither was uh over the top i think it was harlequin romance novels no honestly i i think i think the parents are dead weight Honestly, in this movie, I think after we get the scenes of the failed assassination and they flee Ireland, I kind of wish the family had stayed. I know because I don't, this movie, this, this movie has too much going on. Because then their house gets burned down, and then they come to Boston, and the night that Cruz gets the crap beat out of him, he sees the suitor guy. Yes, yeah, Stephen, the bad yeah, guy. Yeah, Stephen, and Stephen has a picture of Shannon, and is like have you seen this girl? You know, we're staying at this address. And so he knows where they are. 
Um, but it just feels like, okay, you came all the way it's to Boston? It's very convenient that in Boston, of all places, they're able to run into each other so conveniently. And as I told you, like I thought at this point... At this point, it's established that Shannon and Joseph have been thrown, literally thrown out in the street. They literally have nothing. They have no money. They can't, I don't even think they even have the clothes. All the things that they earned are no they, longer. Yeah, they take in. They they've took got nothing it, but they took everything. the clothes on their back and each other. That's all they have. And I think it would have made a lot of sense, especially since Joseph has a real survival instinct at this point. He's not completely connected to the fact that he's in love with Shannon. I think it would have made a lot of sense if he's like, oh my God, Steven, I hate your guts, but here she is. <laughs> Take her back to the family. I screwed up. We had a terrible day of it. I'm going to go get some wooden teeth and we'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, but instead... Instead, the movie like has this 10-minute long... They wander around Boston for three days. Three days. Because then the next scene is like, we've been wandering for three days. I'm like, three days? <laughs> and she's, but... like, she's like, we can't keep doing this, Joseph. We're going to freeze to death. <laughs> and I'm going, yes, I agree. This is ridiculous. They break into somebody's house. Shannon gets shot in the shoulder, and then he takes her to her parents. Where it's, you know, and I get it. Look, it's, it's, it's Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, and it's a love story, and it's this scene where they're pretending to be husband and wife at this dinner table in this house that is not theirs. There's something that speaks to their nomadic existence at that point. And it's, it's beautiful the way it's shot, and they play it really well. No, Joseph, don't serve me. Just sit down. Sit down with me. Let's pretend that this house is ours. That you're my husband, and I'm your wife. movie does not need this scene at all at all i mean it should have went from joseph being nearly beaten to death thrown in the street and then basically handing shannon over to his to her parents who conveniently show up at that moment fine um this this film really needed i mean this is one sequence in particular i mean the film just does not need it i don't think yeah so then he drops her off and joseph I was like, man, Cruz is just like running. Boy, <laughs> like the I think sprinting. I think contractually he has to run in everything. <laughs> I think even in <laughs> he has to run at the speed of light. <laughs> to like the Cruz, it's Rock of Ages. No, man, I'm gonna run in this one too. I think I think in everything he does, it's like I gotta run. Yeah, it's really funny. And then he goes to work on the so railroad. The movie picks up eight months later. Eight uh, months later, and we're in the Ozark Mountains. I'm like, I'm going. Wait a second. I know this we? movie really well. I don't remember any of this. Like, what? I've seen this movie at least ten times. I don't remember any of this stuff. He's working. He's working on the mountains. He's on a train. I'm he's having on the railroad. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing that. Yeah. Whole it's, thing. Yeah. It's, and uh, what? He has these dreams that he's still in the house with Shannon, except he's like slowly disrobing her. Now it's. <laughs> It's lit like a like, like there's a, a fireplace. Yeah, it's lit like a you know like a like a uh, like an Enya video. Interestingly enough, and uh, yeah, it's a dream that he's having on the train. And then yeah, so it's like there's all this talk about you're gonna go to the Oklahoma land rush. No, I'm not gonna go. And I, 
And then... Oh, yeah, because the, the guys on the train are making fun of the people that are going through yeah. the land rush. Like, oh, they're not going to get land. They're, that's that's crazy. Yeah, again, just like scenes, minutes ticking by. And I'm like, wow, this is, again, boy, did the movie need to lose this. So, yeah, and then the point where I actually got angry watching it with you the other night <laughs> is Joseph has a dream. He has a dream about ghost da. Da, it's you da. Hey there, Joseph. I'm dead. I'm in the afterlife. Oh, da. How are you, da? Oh, son. It's really, it's cold here. It's different. It's a bit of a chill. I'm looking at the mountainside. I'm looking at Ireland. I'm looking at heaven. How are you? Have you, have you washed yourself, boy? <laughs> yeah. No, but ghost dad comes back. No, 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 no. no. There's no D at the oh, end of it. It's da. It's ghost da. Ghost. Da. Where are you, da? So we stop. I'm here, Joseph. <laughs> No, all Ghost Da comes to remind Joseph of is, if you don't have land, you're nothing. You're nothing! You're nothing! <laughs> so it's like another, another like, guilt trip, afterlife guilt trip. Da, I need some help, Da. Joseph, in case you haven't forgotten, if you don't have land, you're nothing! <laughs> you got nothing! <laughs> yeah, in case we didn't, like, already get that like nailed into our heads <laughs> and of course he wakes up and of course it's just a dream but i i turned to my wife and i said oh my gosh this movie has time for ghost da this is <laughs> this movie is too long <laughs> if you're making time for this you know there's something went wrong in the he editing has room time for like fantasies ghost da you know <laughs> st- he has time to sleep on a train because, because look it's like we don't need i mean because maybe the most important moment in this sequence is that he's fantasizing about shannon but like we get it movie i mean she's lovely he's lovely they love each other but they're you know they express it through their anger they're immature like we get it we don't need to be like, like hey I actually think she's a trick. No, we know that. <laughs> okay, but he he gets off the train and he joins the Oklahoma Land Rush people. Yes, yes. So finally, 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 uh, he gets finally to we get to Oklahoma. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, now this movie. And it's funny too because once we get to Oklahoma, the 70 millimeter really kicks off. It's like, oh man, it's like that again. The camera is like. There's so much detail. There's so many sets. There's so hundreds of extras going, wow, like we're finally out of this whole claustrophobic Boston thing and a scene in a train car. And now like this film is looking and feeling like like the like Ron Howard epic, Irish yeah. epic again. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, oh man, this is like the movie I, I wanted to see like an hour ago. Yeah. That's funny. Okay. And didn't our friend text you and say that her uncle was an extra yes her uncle mitch my dear friend lisa her uncle mitch is in the movie he's in the oklahoma land rush scene and And you know i just said i said (laughs) babe there are hundreds of extras i don't know if she's gonna be able to find him i was leaning forward and i'm thinking okay like he might be one of those 40 people right there yeah yeah maybe (laughs) if if we pause it and in frame by frame yeah but yeah i was not gonna figure that out till last night yeah yeah. i don't know lisa if you if you spot him let us know yeah we'd love to know but yeah yeah yeah, last night was not the night so joseph gets a horse and he gets drunk (laughs) his horse dies (laughs) yeah there's a lot of cool there's, there's some funny stuff here um and this should have been, like, if you're going to reintroduce her family, this should have been right where you do it instead of intermittently going back and forth with, with right. the Christie's. Because um, th- there's this thing about how Mr. Christie, you know, he's a land baron, he's unhappy, and he comes to Oklahoma and he fancies himself a cowboy. And it's fun. It's fun. The characters suddenly feel like, I love how rugged we are. I love how rugged this is. Yeah, he's like, I have a new lease on life kind of a thing. Yeah, it's like, you know, like a child discovering a gun for the first time yeah he's just like wild and and, and scary and meanwhile his wife is like oh you know just like it's it's a nice bit of comedy it it, it works and then of course we reintroduce steven reintroduce to shannon and when the two lovers are reunited it's uh it's nice it, it you do get the sense of like they're not going to tell each other how they've been thinking about each other how much they miss each other they're just going to talk about everything except that that makes sense um although at this point um, Cruz has a line that I think they thought was going to wind up on t-shirts <laughs> yeah. and it just doesn't happen. His line is, you're a corker, Shannon. What a corker you are. 
<laughs> Which he says that to her also back in Boston. Mm. He's calling her a corker. And I'm like, is this something even... I, there's no context to what this even means. I yeah. don't get it. You're a corker. I <laughs> I could only guess. I have no idea. Yeah. I, I, if we have any listeners in their 90s who have... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> know what that means yeah I've, i have no clue what that means i yeah are you I looking it up now i don't know i mean <laughs> should i look it up i feel like is it talking like putting like the cork on top of the bottle because you're you know uh, uh I, yeah i'm grasping at straws i have no idea it's like when your grandma says stuff to me like send sympathy send change oh yeah you can't bleed a turnip you can't bleed a turnip yeah, yeah i don't know yeah it's uh oh okay Oh, you got it. It says something or somebody striking or outstanding. Yeah. But well, I, but Cruz I would one day do a movie called Jerry Maguire where the line is, you had me at hello, which is like one of the great, you know, makes you, you know, your th- throat tighten up because you're so moved. This is not that. No. Yeah. Okay. So I think what it means is an outstanding or remarkable thing. But I just, it doesn't come off Shannon, that way. Shannon, you're an outstanding and remarkable thing. Yeah, it doesn't come off that way. It no. just like, because the way she looks at him, it's not like, oh, he's giving me a compliment. Does she look like she's receiving a compliment from him? It just, the line falls flat. It would have been better had he not said anything. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh okay so there's the funny part about his horse he gets sold the guy has like two horses left and he has like a horse that's almost dead <laughs> who's been broke and then just this wild stallion that has not been broke so he gets the broke one and it breaks and he has to go back and get the stallion and this horse i don't know it's either gonna do its job or kill him in the process yeah so yeah, it's yeah. the wildest horse you could possibly imagine. Yeah. And the reveal that his horse is dead is, is surprisingly a really funny visual. It's a really funny moment. Um, and it, I got to say, like, the night before the race, I wrote this in my notes. It's like it feels like Howard is chomping at the bit to get to the big scene of the movie because at the night, it's nighttime. There's this raging bonfire. There's guns in the air. There's horses Fireworks. everywhere. Fireworks. There's carriages and extras. Like, man, like... This, even for a nothing throwaway scene, like Howard is, I mean, clearly no expense was spared in this film. I mean, it's it's just a giant film. Yeah. 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 Well, okay. So, and then Shannon's parents, they like. So the next day, it's. Yeah, it's the next The movie day. tells us September 16th, 1893. Like, okay, this is it. The big day. The, the big part day. Part of the movie we've been, we've been waiting for. Yes. Yeah. Waiting a long time. Very for long it. time. So the Christie's like snuck across. And they're hiding, waiting to put their flag in the spot that they want, which is completely against the rules. Like, a one person crossed the line 15 seconds before they shot their cannon, and he got, I mean, they killed him. Yeah. So, this is a big deal. It's the Wild West. And the funny thing about, the thing about the Christie's ditching and sneaking onto their plot of land and waiting for the race to start and then sticking the flag in the ground, it's such a specific detail, I wonder... Is this what Ron Howard's great-grandparents did? I bet it is. Because who else would think of this as a plot detail? I'm like, I bet that's what they did. <laughs> They're cheaters. They didn't get that land by winning the race. Yeah, I don't know. That's funny. Maybe. Sorry, Ronnie. We're cheaters. We're cheaters. And so then um, also, Stephen, he tells Shannon, I found the perfect land and... You know, I guess he went and did some scouting. Now, I don't know if it was illegal to do scouting, but she gets upset. Like, I thought we were doing this together. So, I don't know. She's, like, not into him, but she's just kind of going along. You know, if you shave your mustache, you'll look like someone I'm in love with. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, then the race. We get to the race. Oh, my gosh. Finally, the movie, the race starts. And, uh, you know, again, like, it... Seeing this thing on the big screen was just such a captivating experience. I remember it so vividly. That and halfway through the movie, someone threw a spitball at the screen. So it looked like Nicole Kidman had like a wart on her nose for about 15 minutes, but I digress. (laughs) So the the Oklahoma land rush scene, I mean, there's no CGI here. CGI at this point was in its 
complete infancy, to put it mildly. And there's a shot, well, there's a, multi, a series of shots where the actors are on horse, horse, horseback, and they're surrounded by other actors on horses and carriages all around them. And even though they're in the foreground, you get the sense like, okay, there's a sense of choreography, and of course they're going to stop and start. And it, it, the sense of danger, oh, it looks man. so freaking dangerous. I mean, shooting this, it, it must have either been the most fun thing ever or the most grueling, grueling series of days. But there's a shot, I mean, a lot of it's in slow motion, but it's not not to a point where it doesn't feel like there's motion. It's such an exciting scene. There's a shot where... In a, in a moment of just like excited, reckless, abandoned, Shannon takes off her hat and tosses it to the side. And I'm just like, oh, God, I love this. Love this. It's just like, it's so thrilling. You really get the sense of, I mean, all the adventure, all the sense of achievement, all the things of struggle. Um, it, it, it's such an exhilarating scene. I love this scene so much. I mean, I think it's one of the masterpieces that ron howard has ever directed i mean i don't think the movie's a masterpiece but i think this sequence is so incredible it it's worth the wait and it's the best part of the movie yeah and so uh joseph can't get his horse like get can't get on his horse because he gets bucked off and so shannon kind of tells him like grab him by the bit you know she's trying to help him and finally he punches the horse. A gag stolen from Blazing Saddles, but whatever. <laughs> the movie gets away with it. And then he finally gets on the horse, and he just takes off like... Yeah, the horse is booking it. I and it's, mean, oh, man, the it's fastest a, horse on in the whole thing. And you know it's really Cruise, because it's Tom... Of course it's Tom Cruise. Of course he's really doing it. But again, like, it's... I mean, man, like, this is one of these things where even if... Again, like, even if you shoot this sequence in sections, which I suspect they did... If one person falls off their horse or falls off the carriage, you're... But people you're, are falling off. There's stunts. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah, I'm saying, like, in, in terms of, yeah, the, the movie reality, we're seeing how, you know, these horses and carriages are just exploding. There's flour everywhere. But no, I'm just, like, I'm just in terms of the making of the movie, I mean, it, it, it just, it strikes me that you could really eat it really easily. Yeah doing a scene like this i mean everyone was really impressed when you know kevin costner did that scene in dances with wolves where he's on a horse and he's surrounded by field of buffalo this is where you're surrounded by literally hundreds of other people on horses and carriages you know and it's all it's period costumes and you're all like galloping at like what 30 40 miles an hour it's crazy probably cruise is like galloping at 60 miles an hour (laughs) in his horse so yeah, amazing. Just incredible. Um, I've never seen making of footage about how they made this film. I know apparently it was a labor of love for everybody. And by the way, the original title of this movie was The Irish Story. It was that way until a couple months before the movie came out. I still think that should be the title of this movie. I've never liked Far and Away. Well, Enya likes Far and Away. I think that's what happened. I think Ron Howard's like, oh, I love it. And so, yeah, The Irish Story went out the window, but... I don't know. I mean, it's 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 a movie about Irish immigrants. It should be called The Irish Story. Mm. Okay, so so yeah, what? last minute bit of busy business. So we yeah we yeah, see like, we see the Chris, the Christies illegally obtain their plot of land. <laughs> it's it's funny, but whatever, yeah, it's fun. But then like the movie, it's it's like Titanic. Like it squeezes in this fight scene, like this love triangle fight scene. That was always yeah. the part of the Titanic where, where Leo and and Kate are running through Titanic while Billy Zane is chasing them with a with a derringer. You yeah, know. yeah, yeah. It's it's a, it's a very similar thing. It's, and this movie is uh, was it five years before Titanic, but a very similar dynamic. Where I mean, at this point, like, no, we're, it, the movie is about the Oklahoma land rush. We don't even care about the love triangle at this yeah, point. Yeah, we're just like Joseph, get your land. Well, that's what happens. Is you know, Stephen and Shannon are going towards the land, and Joseph is following them. She falls off her horse, and then. Joseph is going to help her. And she's like, go get your land, Joseph. Go get it. You know, so he takes off. and um, But then it becomes a fist fight on horses. Well, And then the horse rolls over Joseph. Oh, after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I just yeah. mean like the scene in the pond where like, where Cruz and Thomas Gibson are like ha- like having a fist fight on their horses. Yeah, which is, it's so stupid. It's as goofy as it sounds. But yeah, yeah so it, so yeah. It results in a horse rolling over Tom Cruise. Yeah, and he um, dies. <laughs> <laughs> and the camera, like, it's this long shot it's of the, the camera. It's the repeat going, of the, yeah, the earlier shot. A repeat yeah. of the dad. And, you know, you just hear 
Shannon just like, no, no, I love you. No. And the camera immediately stops like, her? <laughs> what? And then. And the camera goes backwards and re-enters his soul. Yes. Yeah. So. He, oh, man. And then they. <laughs> yeah. It's the corniest ending ever. And, and then, then they, they grab the flag together. They put it in the they ground. They put their stake in. And then the old-fashioned title says the end, and the movie ends. Yes. So. And then cue Enya. Exactly. One day, one night, <laughs> one morning. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. So that's Far and Away by that's far and away. Ron Howard. <clears throat> I, mean, I like the I film. I think we talked about this movie in record time. Well, I would hope so. I mean, the movie is, I, I don't want this, to, I, you know, the Eyes Wide Shut episode, I'm glad we took our time to dissect it because there's so much to talk about. I feel like we could do that, not that I want to, we could do that whole thing all over again. We probably have something different to talk about. Mm-hmm. Far and away, not so much. I yeah. feel like, you know, I I think I revisit this movie every, I don't know, five to ten years. It'll probably be that again before I see it again. I suspect when Beatrice is old enough, when our little girl is old enough, we'll show it to her. I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think she really enjoys yeah, this when she's of age. Proper there's age. really nothing. I mean, what? It's PG thirteen. It's PG thirteen again, mostly for the boxing sequences. Yeah, and, and there's, there's and there's very like like little teeny tiny little bits of nudity, but they're barely. It's pretty. Again, yeah. like this movie, and that's one of my problems with it. Like it could be a Disney film. It's you know it's a gritty subject matter, and it's. It's as Hollywood as it gets. And sometimes it works in its favor. And I think, like, I mean, the ending of the movie is, is so, like, you know, it's like a classical Western. It's like a John Ford Western with gorgeous big vistas and, you know, hundreds of extras, like a David Lean film. Um, I like this movie when it's, you know, I like this movie because it's a Hollywood film and because it is a feel-good movie and it's, you know, very old-fashioned that way. But in terms of a movie about the immigrant experience, no, it's a little too glossy. It's a little too easy. Um for one thing, Cruz and Kidman always look like Cruz and Kidman. They never look like they've ever had a speck of dirt. I mean, Cruz gets a little bit of blood now and then. Yeah. But well, what's funny is he has, you know, he gets completely beat up by the Italian oh, guy. Right. And yeah. then three days later, when they show He them, looks like Tom Cruise. He again. looks fine. Yeah. yeah. Like, are you kidding me? You've been wandering Boston for Maybe because they're days? in this maybe the argument is he's in the snow, so like the snow oh, is like cooling his face. Come on. <laughs> He should still look like terrible. I don't even get it. Three days in a storm. I mean, like you and I have lived, you and I lived in Colorado. I mean, can you imagine like wandering Colorado for three days in a snowstorm and living? It was like, no. okay, we're on day two now. No, no. no. And then after three days, like, okay, I'll contact your parents. Your parents <laughs> will take care of you. I know. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I like the film. I mean, I've, I've, again, I have fond memories of, okay. of well, when I saw it. What's your alternative like ending or sequence? Well, because we talked about what we would take yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I I hadn't thought of that. Oh. Um, you know, honestly, I mean, there's just... I don't think I'd want to add anything because there's just too much movie here. I told you how there is a 170-minute version of this film. No. That Yeah, there's a three-hour version of this movie that I keep... I, I swear it's going to happen. They're going to release it because this film... It was not a. It did all right, but it wasn't a big hit when it came out. It was actually seen as something of a disappointment, but it has a big following. So I suspect, you know, in the next. Well, what else are they gonna add? Well, apparently the and I was reading about it. The special edition of this movie, the 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 longer cut. It's been. It was shown on television once, and it was in '96. They had a they had a marathon of of Far and Away, with and commercials. Um. On yeah, TV? I think I think it was oh, it was like man. basic cable. Yeah. Like the the extended cut of the movie. And apparently the movie is really plot heavy, especially in the first act. So apparently the it took a long time for the movie to leave Ireland originally. Mm. A lot more of all the people in the pub, all the people in their lives, more of the brothers, more of the family, friends. Yeah, like there was just a lot of stuff with all the people in the town. Mm. And there is a cut where Ron Howard put all that back in. I, I don't want to see it. I'd almost be curious if the movie works better because... I mean, as is, it just it feels like it's too long. But I wonder if by making it longer, would that just make it feel more like what it should be? Because for me, it's kind of neither here nor there. It's a three-star movie for me. I really like it because of how good the Oklahoma land rush scene is and because of how good the leads are and because there's some great scenes throughout. And it has a sense of humor, which I think really helps a lot. But uh, yeah, there's no way it being longer is going to make it better. I don't, I don't know about that. Oh, man. There's some, you know, there's... 
you know, it's it's like that that Michael Mann movie Heat. I get into my my friend Lean and I always debate about that. It's one of my favorite movies, and she's like, too long. And you know, it's very long, but I don't want a shorter version of that film. I think as is, it's just it's kind of perfect. And I think there's some films like they're meant to Shawshank Redemption. Okay, that's I think we can agree on that one. This one we could all agree on. It's too long. But I don't know a scene that I'd cut. Yeah. And I don't think anybody would, would volunteer like, oh, did you cut that scene? No. I mean, Shawshank, it, it's, it probably could work at two hours, but it's perfect at three. And I feel mm-hmm. the same way about The Godfather and, and a lot of other classic films that are long. So I, I am kind of curious. I do wonder if, if, especially if that was Howard's original vision, if he really envisioned it that way. And maybe the two-hour, 20-minute cut was a compromise, although... How would that be a compromise? I mean, that's like more money and more more uh, running time than most filmmakers ever get. Okay, here's my alternative ending. Please. Okay, so Cruz gets rolled over by the horse and dies, you know? And while he's dead, he meets Gosta up in the clouds. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, Son, you can't die now. You're just moments away from getting your land. If you die, if you stay dead now, you're just a big loser. <laughs> you're just a big nobody. And he's like, you're right, da. I gotta go back. And that's why he goes back and he gets his land to, to please ghost da. I like it. I, well, because it's me, you know, I would go dark. I would actually have him die. And Shannon is like, you know, just dying, you know, just crying over his body and she's holding the flag, but she tosses it to the side because she doesn't want to live on this on this plot of land without Joseph. And then the camera pans back and you see that glowing like Obi-Wan Kenobi and Yoda are Joseph and Ghosta. And Joseph goes, you know, Dad, I did it. I did it. I got this far. And he's like, son, you got nothing. <laughs> you didn't get the land. You didn't get your Shannon. And now you got nothing. One day, one <laughs> night, one more. Wow, that that's really depressing. He doesn't even come back? No. No. Wow. No. But he will they will both haunt Shannon for the rest of their lives. Oh man. Does she yeah. have to end up with Steven? No, she won't end up with Steven, but she will live in a house. She'll go back to the brothel in Boston. No. And it'll be haunted by Joseph and <laughs> <laughs> Ghost. You're welcome, Ron Howard. That's so terrible. I mean, it stars for you. Oh, I mean, I've always loved this movie. So four, this yeah, four? it's a four-star yeah. movie for okay. me. It was four. The first time I saw it, it was four. Yeah. And over I the just, years, it's, it's whittled down to three. Yeah, I just think it's great. I mean, I do agree there's <laughs> just some unnecessary scenes. Yeah. But, you know, overall, I I love it. Yeah, it works. It's good. Yeah, it's, it's formulaic and it's mainstream and it's corny as frick. But, you know, I mean... Without irony, we watched it. So, hey, St. Patrick's Day is coming up. Let's watch Far and Away. So, well, that was that was your idea. Yeah, that was my idea. <laughs> I but have. I think we've done it before. I swear we've done that before in our since we've since we've been married. I'm like, it's it's the day of the green. <laughs> Time for some Far and Away. Oh my gosh, it's funny. All right, do you have any other thoughts? Final thoughts? Uh, no, I, I'm. I think I've said all all I need to say about. It far and away all right well that concludes our discussion of far and away good night everyone good night remember if you don't have land you got nothing nothing